17 weeks, four quarters, 60 minutes, and it all leads up to one winning, winning drive. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Winning Drive podcast. I am Rita Hubbard, the NFL chick, co-host of Ravens Postgame Uncensored on 105.7 The Fan in Baltimore. Here with my guy, Cordell Woodland of Shaking It Up Sports on 105.7 The Fan, as well as the reporter for the Baltimore Ravens for the radio station. All right, Cordell, we know that the Ravens won an ugly one, 13-3. We talked about it already. Really no need to, to, to beat a dead horse in that regard. They did what they had to do in a, a ugly game all over. The, the weather wasn't the best. Um, the game wasn't the best offensively. You know, they look lethargic, but hey, they did enough to win. Uh, but there were some injuries that came out of that win. We saw uh, Kyle Hamilton, the safety, go down after he's definitely been improving every single week uh, down with a knee injury. And then we seen Ronnie Stanley go down as well with an ankle injury. And it appears that it's the same ankle that he had surgery that's had him out, you know, for as long as it has. Um, I did see a video of Ronnie Stanley leaving the stadium in a walking booties walking. I mean, it's a little gingerly, but it's right after the game. So understandable. We've heard Lamar Jackson talk about Ronnie Stanley and saying that, you know, he was the one that heard him, but he talked to him and he said, my bad. I mean, I'm good, you know. Uh, So I'm just curious to know, how do we think that this potentially affects the Ravens down the stretch? Now, we know that from, you know, a schedule perspective, it's favorable to the Ravens. That doesn't mean that, you know, these guys won't be missed. And then you go into a situation where you play Jacksonville on Sunday. There's a very good chance that we're not going to see Ronnie Stanley. And that defensive line for the Jaguars is pretty good. So, you know, how does this affect what they're doing on both sides of the ball? Because now that's one less safety that they ha- they're they missing in Kyle Hamilton. We already don't have Marcus Williams. Now you're at the left tackle position. It feels like you're going to have to move Makari back over to left tackle in an interim position until we know the the extent of Ronnie Stanley's injury. Yeah, I mean it's it's, it's big. And obviously Ronnie is a, is the biggest one. I mean, uh once since Ronnie's been back and fully back, this offensive line has looked totally different. They've been shored yep. up. Uh he he's pretty much solidified that left side of the line to the point to where this offensive line has been looked at as one of the elite groups in the NFL right now. So Ronnie's going to be a big loss. Um, hopefully it's not anything serious. Uh, it, it, it didn't look great seeing Lamar roll into him like that. I mean, Lamar was, was sacked into him. Brian Burns comes off scot-free and, and, and gets a clean shot at your quarterback. That's never what you want to see. And then to have them roll into Ronnie was just kind of like a double whammy right there. But, uh, to see him be able to walk off the field at the at the uh, to a degree on his own power was a good sign. He walked out of the blue tent into the locker room. Um, Lamar, I, you can't take what Lamar says as law as far as the injuries, but I thought right. it was a good sign that he said that Ronnie was joking with him a little bit, and uh, he's he's probably going to miss some time. I mean, we saw how long it took him to come back. You know, this time he he's going to make sure he's good to go. Um, 
hopefully is nothing more than a scare. He, he was supposed to get the MRI this week. We'll see what comes out of that. But it's Harbs was, you know, in good spirits, said that he's trending up. Same with Kyle Hamilton. Uh, but Ronnie, you know, he, he's a special case right now. They, they've got a lot invested in him. And um, while Makari's there now, Makari's pretty much their backup for every position along this offensive line. So uh, they can't afford to have anybody else go down, at least until Ronnie Stanley comes back on that on that O-line. That's, that's pr- probably the biggest thing that worries me. But, yeah, you're right. They're going up against Jacksonville, who, you know, they've got the number one pick in this past draft. And uh, Trayvon Walker, He, you know, not just him. They have guys that can get to the quarterback. That's a defense as well that uh, I fear could be – a little better than we think going in uh, because the numbers will tell you that they're not good. And the eye test will probably tell you the same. Uh, but you know, it's, it's all about matchups a lot of times. And we yep. saw how the Panthers game went, they were stronger and faster than we initially thought. I think the same could be said for this Jacksonville defense. Yep. Uh, Kyle, Kyle Hamilton, I think is a blow uh, mainly for him in particular, because, he was starting to really come into his own. It looked like he was starting to figure it out. And for this to happen right now at a time where he was arguably having his best game of the season uh, on Sunday, it's, it's, it's really just poor timing. And as far as the impact that it'll have on that defense, I, I think it'll be huge. They've been able to use him a lot yeah. uh, over these last couple of weeks. They, they've used him as a blitzer. They've used him, uh, as the third safety in some of their dime packages, they've used him as their nickel cornerback at times. Um, so they they've, they've started to get into this uh, this rhythm where they use him all over the field. So that's a that'll be a big chess piece that they're missing because while Brandon Stevens is a corner slash safety, I don't know that they feel like that he's the he's as uh, big of a chess piece as Kyle Hamilton is right now. I think. Even though Stevens is in his second year and Kyle Hamilton's the rookie, I think Kyle Hamilton is ahead of Brandon Stevens. I think it's a little bit of a drop off right now uh, with the with going to Brandon Stevens. So that's a big blow. Uh, they haven't been able to have a solidified nickel corner um, between Brandon Stevens and Pepe Williams. So Kyle Hamilton has kind of been that stopgap for them there. Like they'll yeah. still throw Stevens and Williams out there, but Kyle Hamilton is his snaps have got, not, done nothing but go up uh, the last couple of weeks. So now they're going to have to revert back and go to those two guys and really probably split time there. Uh, that'll, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how that, how that nickel corner spot is the net for however long Kyle Hamilton's out with that knee issue. That's another one that didn't necessarily look good when right. he was coming off uh, off the field, but he managed to walk on his own power as well. Uh, Gus Edwards, you know, we he practiced in limited fashion all last week. We heard Harbs on Monday talk about how, you know, Gus, Gus just didn't look right on Thursday and Friday, and uh, he was hoping that he'd be able to play Sunday, but he just couldn't make it to the game. And I think Gus is probably – closer to playing than not. I would imagine he probably plays on Sunday if I had to bet. Uh, but I thought he would have played this, this past Sunday. Sunday. This past Sunday, right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what do I know? Um, but I, I, I do have a, a better feeling that Gus will play 
this, this Sunday. Obviously, a lot of that depends on how he's able to practice this week and how he's feeling uh, that hamstring in conjunction with this the knee issue that he's dealing with coming back from last year's ACL tear. You know, it, it's it's uh it's concerning for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You want to be careful with hamstrings anyway, because those are a big, t- a big time nagging injury. Just ask Deshaun Jackson, who's dealing with it again. <laughs> career right? career you hamstring uh, uh, injury person. He that, yeah. this is the mean, story that's, that's of his professional life. Yeah, that, that's that's his career. I mean, yeah. we we knew this was coming. I don't know if we expected it to happen after nine plays, but <laughs> it's, it's what is what happened. Right. Um, he's another one. He didn't practice at all last week. Well, uh, we'll see if he practices this week. Harv said it's taking a little longer than he thought, and he brought up the good point. Deshaun Jackson's thirty six years old. You know, yeah. this is going to heal. But they knew that when they signed right. him, though. Right. Like, right. why would you bring that up when you chose him over a Tavon Austin who was younger than him? I, yeah. I don't understand that logic. Don't tell us that he's older. We already knew that coming into the season. And we also knew that he had a hamstring problem. So I'm right. not really sure what you're trying to do and telling us this. Um, you chose him. Is I can't imagine anybody in that building is shocked. <laughs> exactly. Dealing with a hamstring issue, uh, a hamstring issue right now. Uh, and it's a situation where they need somebody. I mean, as good as Demarcus Robinson was uh on Sunday, they they still need somebody that can stretch this stretch the defense out. They, yep. they there were no big plays in the past game, there were no down the field throws in the past game really they don't have anybody that can be a deep threat for them they need Deshaun Jackson right now um and because I don't I mean Andy Isabella I'm convinced he's he's not going to get an opportunity to play most likely this is a small guy Andy Andy Isabella is very small I mean he looks like a child in pads and I'm not (laughs) I think it's more credit to him like this dude must be crazy good to be his size and be on a practice squad, let alone be drafted in the second round of the NFL draft. Like he is a small guy. Um, So I I don't know if we'll see him at any point, not just because of his size, but also just because he's been in Baltimore on the practice squad for at least a month now. And we've yet to even hear a sniff about him being activated, even with all the wide receiver uh, injuries that they're dealing with right now. So I'm convinced we're not going to see Andy Isabella. Um, but yeah, Deshaun Jackson, we'll see if he gets back on the practice squad this week. I'm sure they would love to see him out there uh, because they do need him. Um, they I miss somebody on the practice squad. I mean, that's that's injured. I think, are those all the injuries? Those uh, are the major, I mean, yeah, it appears, it feels like those are the big ones that, that have some, that have impact. I, I'm, listen, Patrick McCarry is by no means um, Ronnie Stanley. Uh, And so, you know, I I understand that that's a huge loss, but Patrick McCarry in his um, absence has played consistent. So you do feel good about that. Listen, look what we went through last year and what we're going through now feels like completely different things. It's unfortunate because again, the Jacksonville's front is pretty good, and then they have good linebackers, Josh Allen and sorts. So it, they have playmakers over there. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so I'm concerned in that regard. However, um, I'm confident because we know that Makari um, can play well at the left tackle position. Obviously, yeah. it thins out the 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 deep, I mean the offensive line, um, but ultimately, um, you feel confident that Makari will do the best that he can and and be efficient um, in his role with Ronnie Stanley. You know, not being there. The Kyle Hamilton, when I agree with you, I do feel like this one is a blow. Um, the one thing that could potentially help the situation though is the pass rush and. Um, Getting in the face of, you know, um, Trevor Lawrence obviously can really be helpful with your secondary. If you're going to have a Brandon Stevens that's coming into the play, we haven't seen Jayla Arma Davis. Um, you know, he's been he's had injury, but also he hasn't he didn't really play well either, you know, when he was in action. But, you know, having a front seven that is really playing well can really mask what you're doing on the back end. And what you really hope is that that's what happens in this case with Kyle Hamilton being out. Um, Gus Edwards, I agree with you. I do think at some point he will come back and play, but either if it's not this week, then next week against the Broncos. And then Deshaun Jackson is what it is, right? Like <laughs> the fact that we brought him up though, Cordell, I think we just did it because he's on the roster, but what do we really think here? I mean, you know what I mean? It's, it's bad because, yeah, I mean, we definitely all expected this. It's just the fact that they are in a position they need him. Yeah. I think. I mean, you you need somebody with some sort of game-changing speed. Um, And as old as Deshaun Jackson is at 36, I still think he can run. Uh, if nothing else, he can run when his hamstring isn't bothering him. Uh, he, he can still run. And – I, I, they don't have anybody, even the deep ball he threw to Jackson in, in the Saints game that was deflected. You know, they they don't have that was the last deep ball they've thrown. I mean, they, yeah. they didn't throw one against Carolina. I don't think they threw another deep ball in that game after Deshaun Jackson was hurt in the Saints yeah. game. So they, they just don't have anybody else that can stretch the field the way that he can. And I, it limits your offense. And in the, in the NFL, when you have a glaring weakness, Teams exploit that. And so you don't want to get in a position to where DBs can kind of sit down and and get in the ability to where they can react uh, instead of backpedaling. Once these, once these DBs start realizing you're only throwing the ball 15, 20 yards max up the field, and all they can all they have to do is really just sit, that's when you get in trouble. Uh, that's mm -hmm. when you see guys start jumping routes. That's when you see in receivers getting their heads knocked off, you know, because there's no threat of the deep ball. There's no reason for these guys to backpedal anymore. Um, and that's what you're starting to – I think that's what you're going to start getting, especially Demarcus Robinson, as good of a day as he had on Sunday. There's a lot of quick outs, a lot of quick hitches, you know. It, it wasn't really anything pushing the ball down the field. It was them really taking advantage of uh, the cushion that he was getting and he would just go and run his little 10-yard out, a 10-yard hitch, and come back, and the ball's right there for him. I, I just don't know how often that's going to be the case uh, for them. We'll find out soon enough. They play the Jaguars on Sunday, so we'll talk about uh, our preview uh, coming up shortly. If you haven't subscribed to the Winning Drive podcast, what are you waiting for? Hit the subscribe button so you can receive all the new episodes as they drop. So we 
Love the acquisition of Roquan Smith. We've clearly seen a difference in this defense now that Roquan is here. They they have a, a great piece to what I felt like was missing uh, for this defense to really thrive, and now they have it. Um, we also know that Lamar Jackson is um, – in his fifth year, he's on the fifth year option because he's a first, he was a first round draft pick. Uh, I, I would love to know. We, there's been a lot of talk, you know, on social media just about how is it possible for both of those guys to be signed in the offseason. So while this isn't confirmed, the projected salary cap for 2023 is $225 million, which obviously is an increase. That's actually a pretty big increase. And now we know that the Ravens don't have a ton of cap, but we have to leave into account the fact that Lamar takes up $23 million of the cap currently. Um, and so you're getting an increase. You got some guys that's going to fall off. You you probably don't get Calais back. You pro- if I had to guess, Calais may retire. Justin Houston, I, I wonder if he's going to retire. Marcus Peters is an unrestricted free agent in the offseason, so his cap number um, goes down as well. I mean, it comes off the books as well. And then you have the added cap. I don't see why, in any case, Cordell, that they can't re-sign well, extend Lamar because it's not a resign; it's an extension of Lamar, and then sign Roquan to a long-term deal. I don't. There's nothing that tells me that they can't do just that. I don't know how you feel about this, but I, you know, basically, just based on the numbers that I'm saying, there, there's going to be some extra cushion. Now, obviously, right. if they if they franchise Lamar, that bodes a problem, right? Because he's going to get paid on an average of the top quarterbacks, and that's going to be 40-something plus million. But you want to not do that, obviously, because you don't want that cap hit on you to, to affect your free agency. I don't see why, if somehow they re-sign Roquan first, maybe you tag Lamar, you know, just for, for reasons in terms of negotiation, then re-sign him long-term. I don't see how they can't get both of these guys here for the long term in 2023. Yeah, I mean, you it would be nice if they were able to or if they did do it, um, because like you said, they are able to. It's a matter of are they going to do it? Yeah. Um, I don't think that they're going to necessarily lock them both up long term at the end of the season. I think best case scenario would be that they extend Roquan and – Lamar signs the franchise tag, uh, and then after the new league year, they get a long-term deal done with Lamar. Yeah. Um, but this is a situation where you pretty much have to sign Roquan. I mean, you invested draft capital in them. You make a big swing uh, at the trade deadline for them, and that, I would imagine, was with the understanding that you're going to re-sign this guy. Uh, you know what his asking price is. He wants to be the highest paid linebacker in the NFL. Um, that, I, I think that's going to end up being the case when it's all said and done. You look at it uh, right now, highest paid linebacker in the NFL. Well, the rookie, Trayvon Walker, he's making 25.1 mil uh, uh, this year. Um, after him is TJ Watt. TJ Watt makes 24. So 
I would imagine Roquan is Roquan has always been looking for something in the 20s. I would imagine he's looking for something around 25 to 28 mil uh, a year if to to sign long term. You you get that done. The good thing for the Ravens is they don't have a lot of guys that they have to re-sign. They yep. have big fish that they have to re-sign and Roquan and Lamar, but after that, it's not it's not many guys. And then you're going to have Marcus Peters's. Uh, money coming off the books. Yeah. Um, so that'll they'll that'll be a good thing. But um I think Lamar will still be the the more pressing one and the probably the most difficult one to get done. And both of these guys are representing themselves, R- Lamar and Roquan Smith, both representing themselves. So you know that's a unique situation in itself. Most teams don't really are lucky if they have to deal with one case. Right, now two, yeah. And the negotiations with Lamar haven't necessarily gone great, uh, you would imagine. I mean, nothing's been done to this point, so I have to go off of what I see. And uh, that's still still a a thing that's going on. And maybe this Roquan, Roquan's isn't isn't in the same case as Lamar. You know, Lamar is asking for a, a contract that isn't the norm in the NFL right now. He's asking for a fully guaranteed deal um, that Deshaun Watson got that sure. I agree with Lamar. It's precedent. It's not an anomaly in my mind. It's precedent. Um, if I'm Lamar. Uh, I don't know how I, th- I don't know if I, I, <sighs> I would take that. As, I would take that as pre- is, is, is If I'm Lamar, it serves me no benefit to use that as an anomaly when I have, I, my resume kills that guy's resume. Okay. Yes. So we're and we're we're clear that he's better. He's better. Right. We seen guys get signed after Deshaun Watson, and they didn't get guaranteed deals, and that's why I do think it's an anomaly. And that add the fact, add the fact that we start right. now, we have the NFLPA going after the NFL owners because they're saying that they're colluding. Uh, from offering guarantee contracts, right. what what is the who's going to force owners to sign make guarantee contracts? That's well, what I'm. I don't, know. I don't think the NFLPA is going to get what they want out of doing that. Uh, but I, I do. I mean, I, I I totally get guys like Russell Wilson signed a deal after um, Deshaun Jackson got his deal, and it obviously wasn't a fully guaranteed contract. Russell Wilson's 30 plus though. I mean, yeah, Lamar, Kyle, Kyle Murray is another one. Kyle, another Kyle one Murray is time. another one. Kyle Murray is another one. And that's more so in the Lamar realm. Right. Uh, but I, if, if I'm Lamar, the, the, what Lamar has going for him is the fact that he's a unanimous MVP. Um, true. He, he has going for him that right now he's probably better. I mean, he, he not even probably he's better than Kyler. Um, and I would say just based strictly off of accolades and availability, he's better than Deshaun Watson uh, right now. So, <laughs> well, clearly, because Deshaun Watson, they played it down yeah, this season. <laughs> right. So, I mean, you 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 watch a guy that hasn't played, that hasn't had the accolades that you have had, that hasn't had the winning success that you've had, that brings a boatload of baggage uh, with him and you you're like if this dude could get that deal I could get I should be able to get that deal and I'm not saying that I don't understand the Raven standpoint I totally do 
I totally do. You don't want to handicap yourself. You don't, you know, want to uh, basically end up getting in a situation to where you have to follow something that in, in, in their minds is an anomaly. And I understand why they would say it's an anomaly, uh, but both sides have their reasons. I genuinely, I, I, I typically do side with players because I'm just not for, I, I'll, I'll never just be for uh, players giving owners discounts or right. uh, anything like that. Like I could care less about, how much money these rich guys get to save, to be honest with you. Um, the the NFL life is only but so long. So if a player has an opportunity to really get life-changing money, I'm I'm definitely and they so and they deserve it, I'll I'll always uh back that. So it's not like it's just a Lamar thing, but I, I do right, think right. um this is no, gonna no. be I want to be clear. I'm not on the side of the owners. I'm simply, right. I'm simply um, bringing out the issues in terms of look. At the end of the day, they're the ones with the money. They're the ones that are going to dictate how this goes, right? And I absolutely can see them colluding. And I do mm -hmm. think that the, the Brown situation is different because this is a, a franchise that is thirsty. They just want some. Right. They want to win some games, okay? They they are tired of being um, the, the 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 jokes, the running jokes right. of the NFL, and they had to, to make a conscious decision because literally Deshaun Watson was on his way to Atlanta. He was going to Atlanta in a trade, and at the very last second, they said, well, what if we guaranteed it? And that plane turned straight around and went to Cleveland. Yeah, I'm going to go if you guarantee my contract. I don't right. give a damn. You know what I'm saying? But do I think that Lamar should absolutely go for fully guaranteed? Sure. My concern is, is that if, if owners are colluding, okay, what is your backup plan? Because apparently that means that other owners are on the same page as the ones that feel like that they should not guarantee the contracts. So could, it could also be some a situation to where there's owners and in the Ravens in Bashadi's ear, you can't give this guy that money. Absolutely. Oh, that's absolutely and, 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 the thing. But also yes. they have an alternate agenda to where they want Lamar on the open market. They Very would true. probably give Lamar that money themselves. I truly believe if the Ravens don't give Lamar that money, Lamar could go somewhere else and he could get it. It's quite a few teams that are just as desperate as the Browns at the quarterback position right. that who's, who's, who's got money to blow that they, I, I think they would do it. I also think, like you said, the Rams, the, the Browns are a desperate organization. Uh, it looks bad that they're the ones that did this. Had yeah. it been a team like, had it been Patrick Mahomes that got this deal? That, yeah, this yeah. Would have been, this wouldn't have been looked at as an anomaly. It would yeah. be precedent. So I, I feel like that's a that's a part of like Lamar's argument is, is it based? You know, we're we're basing this as an anomaly because it was a terrible franchise that ultimately made a bad decision. You know, but if it was in a, a franchise that we respected that gave this deal to somebody, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be viewed as that. If the Ravens were the first to do this, I don't think it would be viewed as an anomaly. You know, if Lamar was the first one to, to get this type of deal. Right. Um, so, you, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a back and forth battle. That's how these negotiations go. And just the conversation that we're having just proves how difficult this Lamar negotiations are going to be. I yep. mean, I don't know who's going to blink first. 
because at the end of the day, the franchise is like, look, we were here before you came. We're going to be here even after you leave. Ultimately, yep. does it, is it going to suck to lose you? Sure. But we're still going to be here. Lamar, on the other hand, is like, look, whatever. If y'all don't want to pay me, it's somebody else that will. So both of these sides, I think, are going to be stubborn. <laughs> I yeah. think they're both going to be stubborn. But Shadi has come out publicly and said he is not a fan of this type of deal. This is, yeah. this is the type of deal he's looking to do. Um, and Lamar hasn't necessarily come out and said he's looking for a fully guaranteed deal, but it's it's all but known that that's that's what he's that's what he's trying to get. Look, or, or very close to a fully guaranteed yeah. deal, right? Like in the vicinity. And we had this we had this conversation on air on the station a while ago. Like, do you feel like Lamar? And I think we had this conversation about a week or so ago. So now, even after the Panthers game now added on to it, too, do you feel like Lamar can still go into Bashadi's office and say, I want $265 million guaranteed or I'm, or I'm gone? He can't, listen, first things first, he can't, look, he can't do anything if they, if they franchise him. And, and well, look, yeah. People will love to tell you that he only, he's not signing it. Hey, man, I'm signing 40-something plus million dollars. I'm, I ain't that stupid, okay? And I don't think Lamar is either. If you franchise me, I want my 40-something million dollars, okay? So, and then you got to figure out later on what you're going to do with me. But I'm going to take my money. That's what I'm going to do. I think he's going to hold out, though. He's, I think I don't think he shows up. Uh, to well, he a year, he a, he a year late on that, but I yeah. mean, <laughs> he held, I, I, I you know that. yeah, I said he should have held out this fast. Uh, this absolutely, fast. absolutely, he already have a deal right that? now, he'd have had a deal already. And owner would have told him to do that, I mean, uh, an agent would have told yeah. him, yeah, but uh, yeah, that's not here nor there. So, anyway, I, I would love to see a, a, a happy ending, um, in terms of what they will do with Lamar. I do think that at the in the interim, Roquan is a more um a bigger possibility of that actually getting done. And then Lamar is something that we just going to have to worry about this whole off season, unfortunately, and going into training camp for 2023. I, I would love to see a happy ending on both sides, both on Roquan's side, as well as Lamar's side. It just feels like one of these guys is going to be, um, a little bit more difficult than the other. And I'm not, and by difficult, I don't mean that in a bad way. I'm just saying getting the deal done is going to be difficult. So uh, I, I'm holding out hope that, you know, with all the freed up money that they will be having and the increased cap that they will be receiving uh, around the league, that they'll get, get something done. But with the news coming out about um, the NFLPA accusing owners of colluding doesn't feel like the, like it might uh, be roses around this part. So we will find out, I guess, in the off season. All right. So before we get into our last segment, just remember to subscribe to the Winning Drive podcast. That way, you can get all of the new episodes as soon as they drop. All right. So we have Thanksgiving coming up, Cordell. We got time to spend with our families, so we won't be recording our Friday episode so let's get into the preview with the Ravens and the Jaguars we know that the Ravens go to Jacksonville you and I talked about this game um it, it just feels like it potentially is a trap game going on the Ravens have always struggled against the Jaguars remember the Ravens played in the AFC Central with the Jaguars for quite some time before the realignment in 2002 
So this used to be their rival. Mm-hmm. And it, it I don't it feels like a lot of that kind of stayed with them. There was the Monday night game that they had in 2011. The, the, the Ravens were 12 and 4 that year, but they but, lost to yeah, the Jaguars. Yeah. On Monday Night Football, um, we remember the game. Was that 2015? I can't remember when that was. With, with the um, the bad call at the end of the game, and they came back and said that they should have won that football game, um, but the, but they gave it to the Jaguars. It was mm-hmm. a bad. It was a bad. It should have been like an offsides penalty or something like that. Can't remember. It just it was bad. Of course, we know 2017 was a complete debacle, uh, and that's when the Ravens went to London. Uh, so the Jaguars have stuck it to the Ravens, even when you feel like that they shouldn't, they have. So, you know, enter this weekend. Look, they got some good players on both sides of the ball. They just haven't really figured out how to put it all together. They even gave Kansas City a little bit of a run. Um, when they played them a couple weeks ago. So, you know, watching the Ravens and how they played last week offensively doesn't bode to be confident that uh, they'll be doing big things this weekend in Jacksonville. Hopefully you have uh, your your running back Gus Edwards back. But if you don't, I mean, hey. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, this will be one of those games that, I've been fearing for a while could be a letdown and talking to some of the media members on Monday afternoon. I'm not the only one that feels like this could potentially be a letdown game for them. I don't know if anybody felt better about the Ravens leaving that Carolina game. You know, right. you, 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 you always, it's always good to win. Don't get me wrong, but you know, they weren't able to really do much positive on the offensive side of the ball on that game. And, the defense, I think we all can assume, is there. Now, yeah. this Jacksonville team, they they can score. Um, they can they can make some – they have the ability to score on big plays because Travis Etienne, he is just a home run hitter. Um, and uh, they've got guys like Christian Kirk. They've got Zay Jones. Um, they've got Marvin Jones out there, I think, as well. Uh, so they, they've got players um, that, can, that can make plays on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah. Jacksonville's not a, I'm not going to dress it up like Jacksonville's a great team. They're a three and seven football team for a reason. Uh, you know, they're struggling in their own right. But as we've seen, not just Sunday, but also in the past, this is a Ravens team that I think plays down to their opponents yep. Um, yep. a lot of times. So I, I don't know if we, if we can expect the Ravens to just show up and show out out in Jacksonville, um, I do think it'll be a little bit of a tougher battle than we initially thought uh, when we looked at the schedule. And I just think is I'm trying my hardest not to really get caught up in looking at the Ravens schedule and, and already penciling in wins. Um, I think <laughs> Jacksonville is going to be a, 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 a tougher game than we thought. Um they're going to have to stop the run. They're going to have to watch ETN in the past game, big time. Uh, Trevor Lawrence hasn't been great, uh, especially yeah. when he gets pressure on him, which has been one of the things that the Ravens have been able to do a lot this year. So um, you feel good about that, but you just got to be careful and not allow these guys to get the big play. If they, if the big, if, if the Ravens put a cap on a big play, they should win this game. 
I agree. And, and like we said earlier, you know, the, the one thing that, you know, keeps you positive about this defense, yes, in the back end, they have injuries and in, particularly at the safety position, but up front, you know, their, their front seven is very strong and they've been able to rush the passer and get, you know, pressure really good the last few weeks. Um, so that, it, that's helpful. Right. It doesn't allow Trevor Lawrence to get into any type of rhythm. Um, I agree with you about ETN. You really have to look keep somebody on ETN at all times, quite frankly, as far as I'm concerned. Can, can you spy that young man? I don't know what you need to do, but you just got to make sure that you account for him. If you account for him and you continue to rush the pass, everything else will fall into place. My issue is, is that what is the offense going to do? How ugly is this going to get offensively? Yeah. And, you know, we tried to under we, we didn't try statistically you when you looked at the Panthers numbers I mean it just appeared that they're not that great on defense but again it doesn't account into how fast that defense is so what is the offense of the Ravens going to do against this defense that has really good players on that roster and that's the part that I'm concerned about particularly when you see how they played this past Sunday against a fast Carolina defense. Yeah. I mean, not having Ronnie there is a concern a little bit here. Big time. Uh, you know, Ron, uh, Macari It's not that we don't trust Macari, but you just want to be at full strength. And yep. uh, I think getting Gus back would be huge. Gus is, I, I just, for what, I don't feel good about this offense when Gus Evers isn't on the field. I don't. Uh, <laughs> you know, they, they do not look the same. They're not able to, run the ball the same Kenyon Drake, you know, he does, he, he, he's, he's there. He pops a couple runs here and there. And I think somebody on the station made a good point. When the offensive line is having a great day, Kenyon Drake's having a great day. Um, but if they're not like they were on Sunday, then Kenyon Drake is a no show for the most yep. part. Um, and I, I just don't think that this is a guy that, I'm not going to say he doesn't get better as the game goes on. I think he does, but I also think he benefits from the defense kind of wearing down. Whereas Gus, he's the one that wears the defense down. Gus is going to get his four to five yards, whether it's the first quarter or the fourth quarter. It doesn't matter. Um, he keeps this offense on schedule and even ahead of schedule. I, I just feel like he's a guy that he's going to do a little, he's going to do a lot with less. Um, even if a big hole isn't there, Gus is going to create that hole. So I, I, I feel I would feel better about this game if he's out there. Um, but if he's not, I don't know. I, 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 I'm almost ready to stick with what I said a couple weeks ago and pick the Jaguars in this game. Um, uh -oh. Just because I, I feel like the Ravens are due. They're on a four game win streak. Yeah. Um, you know, they they didn't play their best on last Sunday uh, against a lesser opponent. This time they got to go on the road and they're playing a Jaguars team that's coming off a bye. These guys have had two weeks to prepare for the Ravens. Um, I just don't feel good about them in this game. Maybe Lamar being in a warmer weather setting will get him going. A little more, maybe he'll be be more up to the task. And the fact that he maybe won't be dealing with an illness uh, this this week will help as well. He won't have to miss Friday's practice or anything like that. Um, but I, I'm right now, my gut is telling me to pick the Jaguars. Yeah, 
I don't feel good about it either. Um, you know, the Jaguars are not a good football team. Let me be clear. And I actually think that this, I actually think that this game will be close. Uh, you know, because the defense of the Ravens will make this will not let them like go all the way off. I don't right. think. Um, but I just don't know how the Ravens respond to the Jaguars. Um, on, on Sunday, it's going Sunday. They're expecting rain and a high of seventy three degrees. Um, which obviously is better than 37 degrees that they had uh, on Sunday. But listen, I, I, you know, what exactly right now do we feel good about in terms of what this offense can offer? And my thing is, is that we saw the Panthers completely sell on eliminating the run. So they had to start making draw plays and such to get the run game going. Um, so if the Jaguars come in and do the same thing, who is going to step up in the passing game that will allow them to, you know, go down the field? We, we're continuing to see Devin DuVernay not be a part of this offense. Nobody understands why. They keep giving us BS answers in terms of what that's about. Uh, thank God that you have a Demarcus Robinson that's that you know, stuff that, that found a way. And I think that Demarcus Robinson is a good player. I think that he runs routes really well. And I think that he definitely should be more, you know, acclimate. I mean, a, a bigger part of what they do in this offense, but you already don't use the guys that you have. So what am I supposed to expect from this? That's the part that I think that I, I don't, I don't understand. I, I would love to see the Ravens find a way to spread the ball around like they did in the saints game. Um, but with Mark Andrews back, you kind of know that that you're not really sure that that's what's going to happen. So uh, I, I just don't feel great about this game. Um, I'm with you. I think maybe the Ravens lose it in a close one. Uh, I don't. I don't like saying that. I just don't like how I feel about mm -hmm. this game, particularly coming off of the scrappy win that they did against the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, I'm I'm uh I'm probably gonna trust my gut, albeit it's early. Things can change throughout the course of the week. We're making this prediction very unusual. So I, I'm gonna put a disclaimer. If you hear me on air on the pregame show on Sunday with a different <laughs> with a different prediction, just know I gave that disclaimer. And that's uh, fine. Right. Uh I'm right now, I'm gonna say Jags win. 24-20. I'm saying the Jags win 19-16. It's gonna be nasty. It's gonna be ugly. I just don't see I just don't see it being a pretty outing for either team, quite frankly. Um, and that's just kind of where it's gonna go here. So I mean, I please, Ravens, prove me wrong. I would love to be proved I'd love wrong. To be wrong. I'd I love just, to be wrong. This isn't a game that they should lose, you know. Right. I can only imagine how dramatic people are going to be if the Ravens lose to the Jaguars. I mean, I, well, I mean, get ready in case that happens. Uh, Ravens clock. Yeah. That that's, that's not going to be a fun week of radio. Uh, no, but it will be, a, it will be an entertaining. Oh, for sure. <laughs> It'll be entertaining because everybody's so ready to, I mean, I, I got people that call into my show saying fire Harbs, even while they're in the midst of a win streak. So I, I, I mean, nothing, <laughs> nothing will surprise me. I've had people call in and say they'd rather have Anthony Brown as the starting quarterback over Lamar. Oh it's, boy. It's wow. It's, it's wow. So, I mean, I'm ready at this point. I'm ready for anything. Absolutely. So we should be prepared just in case you and I are right about this weekend. And remember everybody, Cordell has been right. He's been on the street. 
So I would love for Cordell Street to be broken. Um, me being wrong ain't nothing, but Cordell <laughs> being right is an is an issue here. So hopefully Cordell and I are wrong and we uh, can can move forward in uh, what we're doing here. So again, it will be uh, Thanksgiving this week. So we will not be back on Friday, which is why we did our previews today. Uh, but we want to appreciate all of you for downloading and listening to the yeah. Winning Drive podcast. What do you got going on for Thanksgiving, Cordell? Uh, well, might be having a baby come into town. Who knows? Uh, we're still a little thirty for that. Yeah, due dates on the twenty eighth. So it be it would be just my luck that you know he decides to pop up. Uh, as we're getting ready to bless the food on Thanksgiving, <laughs> you know, but yeah, probably just, you know, keep it, keep it low key, go, go to the in-laws uh, house and uh, eat good over there. And if the baby comes, it comes. And then of course, enjoy some, a lot of football and hopefully tradition will keep going where I get to watch the Cowboys lose on Thanksgiving. <laughs> Uh, baby Cordell, please just wait till Friday. If That'd you can. be great. You know, great. Let, let, let dad have one more day to himself, you know, food and football. And, and then you can come after that. Okay. Come right after that. He would appreciate that. Thank you. I'm spending time with my family. Uh, so it, it's my favorite time of year. It's my favorite holiday. I love it because I get to spend time with my folks, but then also football is on. And um, who doesn't love like all day watching football? I don't know who does it, but if you do, uh, if you're not one of those people, I really feel sorry for you. So I am going to enjoy my Thanksgiving. And I, we all hope that everyone that's listening enjoys their Thanksgiving Thank you so much for listening to us rant about your favorite team, the Baltimore Ravens. So from Cordell to me, this is Winning Drive.